The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia on 105.9 The Region. Welcome to The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia. I'm Station Manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host from her home studio is Dr. Claudia McKella. Good morning, Claudia. Good morning, Tina. How are you? I am good, thank you. And here we are already at the end of January. Can you believe it? I can't believe how time flies when you're bored <laughs> and have nothing to do and nowhere to go. <laughs> but That's it true. does still go by very quickly. <laughs> it does for sure. And I know earlier this week, many of us here in York Region had to deal with that dumping of snow. And I'm sure Mother Nature, she likely has a couple more snowy surprises in store. So how about you take a couple minutes right now and just review those snow shoveling tips? Because I think we forget. I know I did. And I've got some soreness that I'm still dealing with at the end of the week. Well, you know what? they very important to know how to shovel snow correctly because... It's not just put on your boots and head out and start shoveling the snow. You actually need to prepare your body for it because you're going to be asking your body to do an activity that is not common and you probably haven't done in a while and can be very strenuous depending on how heavy that snow is. So I always recommend warming up prior to going out. So what does that mean? It means you're in your house. You're going to do like 10, 15 jumping jacks. You're going to walk up and down the stairs a couple of times. You're going to do a few simple stretches for your upper body and your lower back. Um, and they can be really simple. Just try to slowly bend over, touch your toes, do a few shoulder rotations. Just get the blood flowing so when you get outside, um, your body's already warm and you're not going to be utilizing a muscle that's cold and tight. Um, the other important thing is, the shoveling technique. You don't realize that there is a technique to shoveling, and yes, you do have to bend at the knees, but you also have to bend at the hips. So you're not just going to go in there, bend over, and push the snow. You're going to bend your knees slightly, bend your back slightly, and then you're going to lead with your dominant or more comfortable leg, and then you push with that leg. All right. I got those tips now. I'm going to remember for next time because I know it's just around the corner. But how do we stay kind of focused and productive, especially at this time of the year, especially when we're still stuck at home, not a lot to do? I find it personally quite tough to stay motivated, stay focused. How do you do it? Well, you know what? You're not alone. I think all of us are having the same struggle, I included. I've been struggling with getting things done and kind of checking things off my to-do list. So, I'm trying not to waste time and to be unfocused, um, but it's easy to just want to sit with Netflix and chill. Um, I'm trying not to do that. So I have a few recommendations, and um, I hope they help. So the first thing is, I'm sure your list is like mine, where I have house things that I want to get done. I have lots of work stuff that I want to get that I need to get done. I have like things to do with my children, and those all get piled up into one big list. But I don't do it like that. So what I try to do is I try to separate into like three different categories. So house chores or house things that you want to get on our home projects, if you will, and then work projects, and then children. Um, and then I try to check off one of those things off of my list every week or every day, whatever, whatever I can get done. But I try to categorize things and then I look at it as an order of operations. What is the most important thing for today, this week, or this month? That sounds like really great advice. But I guess we also have to celebrate those small achievements, those little things that you do check off the list. So maybe put some items on your to-do list that are really achievable, that get you motivated. I find sometimes I need that kind of encouragement. Oh, absolutely. I mean, 
something like checking the mailbox today. That you know what that little um, that little thing that you get done in your day that you you know want to do, and then you realize it's Friday, you haven't checked the mail all week. That's something to celebrate, or you know even just like organizing a drawer in your home. I mean, that little thing there can make such a big difference, and can make you feel such a sense of relief. And I'm sure that we've all been there where you're like, oh, wow, I meant to do that like six months ago, and I just feel so fantastic. And how do you instill this in those in your household as well, whether it's your partner, your spouse, your children? How do you get them to stay on track as well? You know what? I'll be honest with you. It's been a real challenge. Like I found the month of January was very hard. We came off of like quote unquote holiday, which was already very different. Our children haven't gone back to school. They're home every single day. So it's been really challenging, but I've really made um, a conscious effort to like discuss every day's plan. So what's our plan for today? Okay, so you guys are going to be in school till this time. When you're done school, please get this done and make sure if I'm not home, you text me when it gets done. So I'm creating accountability because I feel like we all need to be accountable. And I will tell them what I've done. Because I've been recording from home for what seems like forever. Mm-hmm. You know, my home office can get a little bit kind of, you know, messy. Um, so every time we are ready to record, I come in here a half an hour before and I literally have to clear my desk. I have to put things away. I have to have things put in the particular order. And I feel like it just sets my, the tone for my show recording. And I just feel like it's, it's a great, great way to start. You just have to declutter. Absolutely. I think we're on to something here. I think we're going to be talking about this in the weeks to come. It's called task management, and we're going to get to it for sure. When we come back, the 12-week year. This is The Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to The Wellness Prescription. I'm Tina Cortez and over to Dr. Claudia with today's guest. Thank you, Tina. So we all have a lot to accomplish and sometimes we don't know how to get it all done. So today, Cheryl Himberg is going to share with us the concept of the 12-week year. Thank you so much for joining us, Cheryl. Thank you for having me and Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy New Year to you as well. So before we examine the 12-week year, I think we're all curious to know, how did you turn your attention to being a life coach, and why did you leave the corporate world? Well, I really enjoyed my time in in corporate. My last uh, corporate gig was with BlackBerry, and when I left that role, I really kind of thought, what do I want to be when I grow up? And it was really... um, and for me to empower, everything I've done has been about empowering others to achieve their goals and their visions of success. And so it really felt like the right time to transition into my own business and creating a space for women to really explore life by design. And you had a bit of a health scare at that time as well. Did that trigger this change? Um, The health scare was a couple of years before that, but uh, it really did get me thinking. Um, You know, it was, I found that I had been all things to all people but myself. And uh, it was around the time that I came across the 12-week year, but really that burnout, which for me led to Addison's disease, it it really was that wake-up call that we have to be taking care of ourselves 
and prioritizing ourselves. And I think many other, you know, women and moms can really relate to the fact that often we leave our self-care to last. And I agree with you. I feel like burnout is um, on everybody's mind. And I think we all get to this point. And I think that organizing your life that you can be more accomplished and get a lot more done is key. So the idea of the 12-week year to me is scary since I feel like I can't get it all done in 12 months. So can you tell us how that works? Sure. That's a really, really common reaction when people first hear 12-week year. And I tell them that, you know, we can accomplish more in 12 weeks than many do in 12 months. And you see this look of fear on their face because they think we're just going to jam everything into a small time frame. When in reality, we actually reduce the sense of overwhelm by operating in these 12-week cycles. So in January, and 2020 was a prime example of how a goal that we create in January may not be relevant in November, let alone June or July. And typically in January, we're super excited to take action. It's our year, right? You know, how many times do we say, we're going to rock it, this is our year. And Mm -hmm. February, we're still working at our goals. But by April, um, typically we're behind. And it's more common than not to be behind on your goal at the end of the first quarter in life or business but we aren't worried about it. We convince ourselves that we have plenty of time to catch up. And we see this plenty of time mentality really derail us from taking action. And then we see the October, November, December push where you know sales are really being driven. Coworkers are getting really focused. Even as individuals, we buckle down and we do only what is going to get us to hit our target, and we say no to everything else. And I mean, who wants to be with their friends and family New Year's Eve? And when they get asked, how did you do on your goals? You respond with, it was fantastic. I didn't achieve any of them. (laughs) So this is what we do with 12-week year planning. We leverage the intentional action, and we pair it with the excitement of a new goal or target and the sense of urgency that keeps us moving forward. So before we get into how the 12-year plan, or sorry, the 12-week plan helps us get more done, what did 2020 teach us, and did it change the way you approach this plan? Um, I, I think it taught us that annualized planning just really isn't relevant. Planning the way we did in business and life 60 years ago just doesn't work now for the speed of lives for the speed of business changes and it really it really cemented for me how powerful 12-week planning is and for me I did adjust it a little bit and with my clients um, you know they were really able to my business clients were really able to weather the challenges um, more easily because we were already operating in these planning styles and Instead of looking at a 12-week chunk of time, we looked at four weeks, and we did two-week operating cycles. So we were able to adjust and pivot. I think that was the word of 2020, pivot, um, (laughs) very quickly and much more easily without the leaders and their teams becoming um, really burdened even more by the stress that everyone was already feeling with all of the changes. 
And I love the fact that you had to pivot as well. That makes so much sense. So let's get back to the 12-week year. And how does it actually help us get more done? So it's actually fairly simple. We work on the right things that matter most right now. So whether it's a personal goal or for our career or business, we create our plans in a way that we identify the key critical actions that we need to take. And we become really consistent at doing the things that will move us towards our goal versus getting caught in the trap of trying to do all of the things and not really being effective at any of them. And so I found one of the biggest challenges throughout my corporate career and still, you know, in in my consulting and coaching, really reviewing plans for teams and individuals, it's a very high level. It's very ambiguous. So how I interpret the goal and plan can be very different from how you do. And I see this a lot in teams where people end up going in different directions. So when we're creating a plan in the 12-week year, it's very tactical. I should be able to read anyone's plan and know exactly what needs to be done. It doesn't mean I have the skill set to do it, but it is that clear um, to know what action needs to be taken. And if you think about how busy you are right now and all the competing demands for your time, um, as you navigate through the pandemic, I hear a lot of women especially saying that when they get 15 to 20 minutes to work on their goal, they don't even know where to start. And they end up either doing nothing or wasting the time trying to decide what to do. So with a 12-week plan, the action you need to take is clear, making it easier to leverage the most out of your time that you have available. I love that because we. I feel like I'm doing this all the time. I have so many things I need to accomplish, and you're right, you waste the time thinking, oh boy, what, what should I do first? How can I get it done? But I have a question about, okay, so 12 weeks, do you have a couple of 12-week um, strategies throughout the year, or is it literally just 12 weeks and then you're free? So I say um, kind of like how a dog ages seven times in one annualized year. I, you know, I have four calendar, like four 12-week years in an annual calendar year. So it's, I operate in these 12-week cycles, and it doesn't mean that I'm not going to do anything else. It just means that I'm very clear on what my focus is for that 12-week cycle. And then I do a review, what worked, what didn't work, um, you know, start, stop, continue. What, uh, do a scan of my business, do a scan for my clients, do a scan of my life. What are the priorities? Are there market shifts? Are there shifts for my clients? And I'm able to identify, again, what matters most right now in the areas most important to me, and what do I need to do to show up with my best in those areas? And then I create my intentional focus plan again. So you say that 90% of your thoughts and behaviors are powered by your subconscious mind. So how do we control that part of our mind to make us more productive? So on average, we have about 50,000 thoughts per day, and 90 to 95% of them are a repeat from the day before. So this is, if you've ever felt like it's Groundhog Day, that may be Groundhog Day where they're just going through the same thing, or you've wondered how you can create something into being such a big deal in our minds, it comes down to these thinking patterns. 
and our thinking is either moving us towards our goals or away from them. So this is why it's really important that we pay attention to what we are actually thinking, to remove ourselves off of that autopilot. Only 5% of our thinking and actions comes from our conscious mind. So 95% of it is fueled from our subconscious thinking patterns, and we call these paradigms. So when you drive to the grocery store, typically you take the same route. You don't even have to think about it. You just get in your vehicle and off you go. If I were to give you a different route, you would have to really pay attention. You might worry about getting lost. You might make a wrong turn. So what would you do? If you're in a hurry, you're going to go right back to your old route, the one that's comfortable, even if it isn't the best route that you can take. But then I stop and say, okay, well, why do I take that route to the grocery store? Did someone just give me directions once and I continued to follow them? It's kind of the same thing with our thinking. So we are thinking things, but do we actually believe them? Or are they someone else's belief or limitation that was placed on us? So a lot of our paradigms, our thinking patterns were created or shaped from a young age before we developed our critical faculty. And so our thinking leads to our actions, which then draws us obviously to our results. And when we find ourselves in this knowing-doing gap, or what I like to call a user error, um, where we know what we need to do to achieve our goals, but we find ourselves doing something different, whether it's the extra episode on Netflix or it's that you know extra 30-minute scroll on social media, you know it's it's we find us uh, doing these self-sabotage things, and this is really because of underlying thought patterns that we have. And I think one of my favorite ways in explaining it too is. Growing up, we're told to have a good attitude, right? That's what you need to be successful. Have a good attitude. But having a good attitude, that's actually our conscious mind. That's only 5%. So just having that good attitude, saying, I'm going to have this good attitude, that is only actually feeling 5% of our thinking and our actions. But we weren't really taught how to cultivate the right mindset, how to actually shape our thinking to empower us um, in moving forward towards our goals. So if that's something that started when we were young, how do we change it? You know, you say, pay attention, move away from that autopilot mind. But how do we change our pattern? How do we change our behavior and our actions? So there's a couple of different ways that we can do it. One is I do it as in the NLP practitioner, so neuro-linguistic programming. And that is really looking at our model of communication, how we communicate with ourselves and others, and how that way that we communicate affects our behaviors. And we really learn the connections between our thinkings, our subconscious patterns, our habits, and we can actually go in and reshape our thinking to align with our goals and our success. So we can do that through things like hypnosis. Um, now, I always, every guaranteed, every time I tell people that I do hypnosis, they ask me if I'm going to make people cluck like a chicken. And <laughs> the answer is no, I am not going to do that. That is stage hypnosis. What I use is clinical hypnosis. Good and to know. I, Good to know exactly. Quack, quack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And really, it's just, it helps to put individuals in a really 
relaxed state, but they're in complete control. And this is where we can alter at the subconscious level these thinking patterns that we have. Um, you know, it's the same with unconscious bias. If I were to say to you, um, my neighbor has a cat, you've just pictured a cat in your mind um, based on something from your past. Uh, if I were to say to you, I was going to the doctor, you likely just pictured a male, like what you would see on TV. And so it's all of these things throughout our life and our experiences, especially when we were young children, before we could really critically challenge thinking, um, we absorb those in. And those thoughts, experiences, things our parents say to us, our family, our friends, our teachers, it all helps to shape these underlying patterns that we operate on. I'm going to take this back just a little bit. I read that you say, don't wake up and think about the person you want to become. Wake up and be her. So what do you mean by that? How do we do this? How do we wake up and be that person you really want to be? So we have this belief that when we have and do the things that we desire in life, then we will be the person that we strive to be. But that's actually backwards. We need to be that person first. So it's kind of like Beyonce, how she created her Sasha Fierce. Right? I like to call my, my um, next level identity Olivia Pope. I'm a huge Scandal TV show fan. And my dog's named Fitz. I mean, I, it's, <laughs> I love the show. Wow. And <laughs> yeah, it's really looking at, you know, we, we look at other people through this lens of comparison. Um, and I say comparison is the thief of joy, right? We're each here for our own purpose and our own talents. And what is intended for us is not intended for anyone else. And so I look to people that I admire to see what personality traits do they have? You know, what are things that they're doing that I would like to model in myself that have brought them the success or the experiences that I'm really seeking in my life? So it's who is this person that I need to be? Who is my next level identity? Who, who is the person who has already achieved my goals and vision? What qualities do they possess? What are their habits? Where do they spend their time, their money? How do they show up for themselves, for others? And then we, we start by being that person, regardless of the conditions around us. Um, you know, for me, as single mom, raised both my kids 100% of the time, and you know, when we lived in an apartment, it was always incredibly important for me to be a really engaged mom with them and be a really great mom for them. And one of my goals was for us to have our own home. And when we were living in an apartment, it didn't negate me from being a great mom by any means, right? I didn't have to wait until I had the house for me to then be a good mom. It's really showing up day to day with the actions as the person who's already achieved it, regardless of the conditions or circumstances that we see around us. I love that. And I love that you said that comparison is the thief of joy. And you're absolutely right. And I love the idea of achieving the life of your dreams and transforming your subconscious to one of success. You say it's going to positively impact your own life, but also the, the, the life of those around you. Can you just elaborate on that for us? Yeah, so I think that when you show up with your best, it empowers others. And this is something I've talked a lot about um, 
this year. So I was driving to a medical appointment with my doctor with my daughter quite a few years ago and and I'm always saying to my kids, you need to prioritize yourself. Always prioritize your goals, your mental health, you know, speak up for what you need and and really empowering them to continue to chase their goals and visions all throughout their life. And my daughter said to me and um you know, anyone who has kids that has kind of been like checked by one of the kids and you're like, ooh, that one, you know, kind of hit right at the heart. And we were driving and she said to me, she said, Mama, how old were you when you had to, when you stopped um, or when you gave up your goals? And I said, what do you mean? And she said, well, you're always doing everything for us, but you don't do your stuff. So how old were you? And I paused because I didn't even know what to say, right? Like I was just really caught off guard. And she filled the pause by saying, I just want to know how long I have. And I thought, oh, my goodness, right? And so I got home that night, and I did, you know, what what we do. I cried. I, you know, beat myself up for, you know, how could I have not shown them this or that I failed. And then I sat in the tub, and I ate a tub of cashew ice cream. (laughs) And, uh, And I made the decision that, Regardless of what I was saying to them, if I wasn't modeling it, if I wasn't showing up, then they were going to follow my actions. And so that's where it was really me showing up and saying, being that next level person and being the person who takes care of their health, being the person who prioritizes their goals. And a really big component of me being able to do that consistently was through operating in these 12-week cycles. I love that. And I feel like having a 12-week year is going to change a lot of people's lives for the better. And I can't thank you enough for joining us today. Um, If listeners want to learn more about you, how can they do that? So I love to connect with people and learn more about them and their goals and visions and challenges. So my website is keyelement.ca. And uh, they can also connect with me on Instagram at Key Element Solutions or email me and my team at success at keyelements.ca. Excellent. Thanks, Cheryl. And Dr. Claudia, please remind our listeners how to connect with you. You can find me on Instagram at Claudia underscore Machiella or my website, ClaudiaMachiella.com. For previous broadcasts of The Wellness Prescription, go to 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. Connect with us on Twitter at 1059theregion or call 416-335-1059 or email info at 1059theregion.com. This is 1059 The Region.